This is the Neil Evans Says Podcast. But Eduardo's going great guns at the furlong. Eduardo two, three lengths in front from Majonka. Then Horbury on her, late on the scene as order of command. But Eduardo's run them ragged in the galaxy. What a performance, Eduardo brains them. With our special guest, champion horse trainer, Joe Pride. You know, he's still got that ping in his legs and that real speed. I mean, it's, it's his best weapon is his speed. Mm. Um, and if he starts to, if that starts to dull as he gets older... That's the danger that we that we face. Here he is on the line from Warwick Farm. Joe Pride, welcome to the Neil Evans Says Podcast. Good morning. Thank you, Joe. Well, this is a very special sort of feature podcast on Neil Evans Says. Sumsey and I were uh, very keen to talk to you in a rounded sense about what's coming up this autumn. And uh, no better way, Joe, of course, to kick it off with two of the big guns, Eduardo. Trialled on Feb 6, the big nine-year-old now, hard to believe he's nine years of age, but uh, uh, he's preparing to come back probably, we believe, in the challenge stakes over a 1,000. But how's the big boy doing? Big Ed, as I like to call him. And certainly from your point of view, I know he's so close to your heart, showing no signs that he's had enough. He still wants to, to get on with the job. His attitude's absolutely spot on. He's a horse who's didn't race until he was uh, four years old, so his soundness has been preserved. And I guess it just comes down to at this age, whether he can still, you know, he's still got that ping in his legs and that real speed. I mean, that's, that's his best weapon is his speed. Mm. Um, and if he starts to, if that starts to dull as he gets older, that's the danger that we that we face. But there's no signs of it here at home. I was happy with his trial the other day. He'll have another quietish trial because it's all overdue with him next Monday. And then he's ready for that challenge, as you mentioned, which is a race he's won the last couple of years and he's claimed some pretty big scalps along the way. So. Indeed he has, yes. Nice stepping stone for sure. I, lo- I looked at that trial. He, he just sort of hooked in behind Have Mercy, who showed speed from the outside. He just looked like he wanted to go quicker, which is natural. But in the end, he settled and, and sort of brushed through the line quite nicely. Yeah, no, not a lot to be achieved trial day with him. He's not a mm. flash trialer um, for a speed horse, that is. And um, I'm just happy for him to see it. Tick him over and um, keep his speed for race day. Yeah. Is there a target in mind? I mean, he's, he's achieved so much at Group 1 level. We know about the big sprints he, he has, even though he's probably got a little bit of a, a distance pedigree. But is there a, is there a nice target in mind? Oh, look, I'd love to run him in the, uh, the, the, the Galaxy. I'm not sure the handicap is going to allow me to do that, but it's, it's a race I'd love to get him into because he, he does like Rose Hill. Mm. Other than that, it's just what he needs is a bit of a soft track. That's his, that's his edge over the other horses. When he's a bit of a soft track, he just absolutely relishes it, and um, his opposition probably don't like it as much as him. So I haven't specifically set him for anything, just going to find our way through the prep. There's only limited races a horse like him can run in, so we'll just hopefully pick one or two off with him. What about Private Eye? Trialled a couple of weeks ago behind Nature Strip, uh, this fabulous finisher. What sort of shape's he in? Yeah, well, Private Eye is probably where Eduardo was two years ago, where you don't worry about who lines up against you. Yeah, happy just to take him to the races and take him to any different tracks and any different track conditions. So he's uh, he's at the peak of his powers. He was amazing last preparation. Mm. Uh, disappointing last run, but that was over a mile. So I think we can put that behind him. Uh, he will resume in the new market, 11th of March. And he's got another two trials to go. He's going to have one tomorrow, another one, second one tomorrow. And then one at Rose Hill and then he's ready to go. New market down the straight. Geez, I hark back to that uh, that win he had down the straight when he was nice and fresh. I mean, it was obviously a weaker race before he came to Sydney with the Everest and the Nature Strip. But geez, he was explosive that day, wasn't he? Yeah, he ran I think one oh eight two and uh, beat Rocking Horse, who won the won the Darley, and he carried sixty kilos. Hey, Joe, as Neil's personal audio engineer, I'm just having a few issues hearing you over the two birds in the background, mate. Can you tell them to pipe down for us? I'm, I'm- 
I'm outside my office and there are some chirpy birds here. <laughs> so is that all part of the serenity to keep everything yeah. nice and calm? <laughs> Keep the horses nice and relaxed, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always fascinated about private eye, the improvement. Uh, that 12-month uh, improvement was fascinating, and I've got a mate who's got a full brother called Secret Spy uh, by Alma Hur out of Confidential Queen. So between the two of us, and I tipped him into this horse, so between the two of us, we've plotted along what, what private eye has done and that improvement in that time, and uh, you must sit back there, Joe, and think, geez, what a special, yeah, the, just the overall progress this horse has made in the last 12 months. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. Um, he's gone from being a very, very good horse and you know, an Epsom winner and a Queensland Guineas winner to being an explosive sprinter, and um, that's where the prize money is nowadays. Mm. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of nice that he's on that pathway for us. Do you hark back at that Everest? I mean, he had to sit a little bit closer. We know how he can explode from from, from a soft run further back. Do you hark back and think, look, he had his chance, but do you think maybe that just when, when he when he has to sit a bit closer, it just blunts that finishing power a bit? Yeah, look. Honestly, when I watch the replay, it's exactly what I think. And I'm not going to pull apart Brendan's ride because, mm. yeah, he did, did a good job on the day. But when you watch the race, you can't help but think that, right? If he's just a couple of lengths further back, a bit more explosive, and I and I don't think he saw Giga Kick coming. Yeah. He basically yeah. never gets overtaken from behind this horse. And if they see them coming, because he wears blinkers, if they see them coming, they can fight. Yep. That horse just ambushed him in that last 50 metres. And I... Oh, yeah, I don't think he's from coming, but full credit to Giga Kick. They did a great job with it to get him there, but it did feel like a little bit of the one that got away. Just a few other ones are looking ahead to the autumn, Joe. I just want to bring up and see where they're at. Uh, Stockman, of course, the stayer, uh, was out the back in the Apollo, uh, which you'd expect, um, you know, first run since, you know, a very sort of gallant eighth in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, is he just on a sort of a natural trail through to the Sydney Cup? Yes, uh, similar pathway to last year. The target races along the way, um, he'll go to Chipping Norton next, but then in the, the 2000 metres at Rose Hill was sky high. He won that last year. Yep. In the Tancred that he ran second in. Those two races being at Rose Hill, which is his favourite track, will be his best opportunities to win. Geez, you've got some horses that like Rose Hill, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> I certainly do, yeah. Uh, it's interesting because, I mean, normally you see those real track specialists more so in Melbourne. Like you see horses, you know, obviously they love to win at the Valley. Big records at tracks like Caulfield. Not so much on, you know, the big two straights in Sydney, but uh, you've got some who really seem to put on lengths uh, when they get to the hill. Yeah, yeah, it's a, um, not something you can change either. It's something you work on. It's not a matter of practice and going there and giving a few goes at it. Track specialists tend to run well at those tracks right from their first run. Yeah, indeed. Um, and that's why I, I tend to pay attention to those things because something like the, you know, the straight six in Melbourne, if they don't go well at the first go, I don't bother taking them back. Mm, interesting. Tell me about Coal Crusher in the middle of, what, about an eight-week spell, I think. It had had a couple of starts after that uh, that very good win. I think it was on Hunter Day, about a, a high benchmark race. Uh, yep. A tough on-speed sprinter. Where, where's Coal Crusher at? Yep, he's um, he's going to resume on the 11th of March as well, but he's in Sydney. Um, he's an interesting horse because he just gets better every preparation. He's really building up a, an impressive record. He's very rarely out of the first two. Mm. And he's a horse who, who could take another big, pretty big leap this preparation. He's a good, strong, on-pace type. He takes a few runs to get to his peak, but he's a very tough horse. Mm. Um, I, I like him. Well, I've gone for it. Yeah, toughness is big. I've seen him challenge a lot, on, 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 particularly in wet grounds. Jeez, he can dig in, can't he? He can dig in and say, where's that post? I'm not going to let anything beat me to it. No, he's, he's a talented horse. I, I like his style. So kind of, you know, particularly flash pedigree by Turf on Tame, but he's just one of those tough sort of street warriors. 
Indeed so. Just one more to uh, to finish up this little part of a Dehorn Unicorn. I think it's gone for a break now, but it's down the track. I think it was probably only raced two or three weeks ago was the last race. It won a couple of BM78s. Obviously got talent. Looking over a few hills with Dehorned Unicorn, what what do you fancy this horse can get to? Yeah, look, he's, he's wet tracks are his enemy. Definitely mm. doesn't like those. But when he gets on top of the ground, he's pretty handy. He's a tired runs at the end of this last prep. Um, he started the prep off on a with a real bang now, and those horses tend to taper out. But he's a nice horse, and he'll just keep getting better. Probably got a ceiling there because he's not a, a really big horse. But um, I could see him winning a few more yet because he's got a um, got a real toughness and a and a, a good racing pattern. He sits up on speed, absorbs a bit of pressure, and yep. he can kick off a good speed. So. This is very much a general question about rail placements and rail shifts. Do you believe this is just a a bit of a bugbear of mine, that the rail, and I know why they do move rails to protect parts of the track for certain days. Do you think the rails in the major track are moved too much generally? Yeah, look, I'm not an expert on mm. curating, but and if they think it's necessary to get the best possible tracks, but I'd, I'd, where um, is a bit disturbing for me is when they move them when they've got wet tracks because they're just creating lanes. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you so have it out five metres and you run on a heavy 10, well, that inside section is just going to dry completely differently to the bit you just raced on. Yes. And uh, I don't know how within a couple of weeks' time they get those, get them back to even. And, you know, we all want to just have a, um, a fair crack when we have a punt. We don't need, um, we don't want lanes on the track. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not a big fan, but I'm also going to qualify that by saying I'm not a curator either. And they've got a different battle to, to get these tracks ready. Yes, no, that, that's, that's a very good point and it's something we, we run into all the time. Now on Neil Evans Says, it's time for Neil to ask the fair income big hard-hitting questions. <laughs> we like to finish with uh, six quirky questions for you, Joe. So you've got to be dead honest here with these. Have a bit of fun. All right. You know, no hanging okay. back, no pulling punches here. <laughs> here we go, Joe. Strap in. Question one. You can only hang one photo of your big three stars. I know you've got other stars, but three big stars. One photo on the wall only, Eduardo, Terra Vista or Private Eye. Which one? I'll go Eduardo because he's just a, he's just a warrior and he's come from nowhere. He just There's something about him that I've just got the ultimate respect for him, so he's up there. And you're both a couple of softies, aren't you? You're in love. Well, we're, oh, okay. we're a couple of pretty poorly bred geldies. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, here we go. Which trainer do you not want to be stuck in a broken down lift with? Didn't even have to think twice about this. Bjorn Baker. A dollar I won. By the time I get out of there, I'll own shares in four of his deal. <laughs> yes, I'm not surprised. Bjorn Baker. Okay, back onto the track. What irritates you the most on track through a normal day? The urges, the urges coming up to you and, and asking if, you know, you've got an old Dom Pop, do you think it'll win today, Joe? Well, probably a pretty good chance, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. You, you need a tape recorder for that, don't you, to give the automatic answer. Question four on 60 Seconds with Joe Pride. After a big win, do you celebrate with a beer, red wine or white wine? None of the above. Really? I like a gin and tonic. There you go. There's a revelation. That's an exclusive story. Gin and tonic for Joe Pride as we go to question five. Down through the years, memory lane, untouchable and unbeaten sprinter against a picket fence, uh, probably never be equal, four straight Cox plates against unbelievably three straight Melbourne Cups, throw in a weight-carrying record for a mare. But which has the biggest legacy, Black Caviar, Winx or Maccabi Diva? 
it's got to be Winks, just standing the test of time, being around for so long, and all, all three were around for a long time, but it's got to be it's got to be Winks. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think most people would be. Finally, which race would you crawl over hot coals to win before retirement, and why? Again, don't have to think twice about it. It's the Cox Plate. Always what, it's always the race I'm most fascinated watching, and it shows you who's the weight grade champion of Australia. I'm into my older horses. I want to win a Cox Plate. And that's absolutely brilliant, Joe. And for joining us today, uh, we're going to send you a Neil Evans says coffee mug. It's actually got uh, <laughs> it's actually got Neil's mug on it. So yeah, they, wow. wow, is that that's not a re re sort of built centre bit mug? Because there were many of those floating around in the old days. It, it is a recycled is a mug, actually. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, lovely to have you, Joe. Good luck with the entire autumn, mate. You got some beauties uh, coming on. Some ones established and some ones coming up. So uh, all the very best. My pleasure. Thanks very much, guys.